Oh, and thank you to all of our veterans. We, we freely worship today. We have so many freedoms, so many privileges. I'd rather be here than anywhere. And we thank our veterans today. Amen. Thank you all. Thank you. Hey, we're, we're so glad you are all here. Let's pray. Let's take a moment and pray. Then we're going to get into the Word. You're going to be glad you came if you're not already. And uh, let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this land. Thank you for these, your people today. And Lord, here we are on the Lord's day, in the Lord's house, joining you even through technology. Lord, today we're seeking you. We hunger and thirst for you. We need you, God. We need your touch. We need your presence. We need your truth. And you said if we would seek you, we would find you. And so, Lord, I just thank you today. I thank you for each of your people. You know what's going on in each of our lives, in our homes, down our street, across this nation. And God, we just ask you to show yourself strong. Be real. Draw people to yourself. And Lord, I thank you that this morning we get to handle your word, your life-giving word. And I thank you it's going to give us light. It's going to give us understanding. It's going to help us. And truth sets us free. So we're very, very grateful today. Bring comfort, bring peace, bring healing, bring encouragement to each one today. And Lord, once again, we pray that when everything is said and done today, we want you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, to head over all things to this church. We want you to be pleased. We want you to be honored. And that for these, your people, every single one of them, to be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen and amen. How about a great big welcome for East Campus, online campus. So glad you're with us. It's going to be a good morning. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, what a year this week has been. Well, we're going to be sharing today about anti-anxiety. And I want you to know that we are anti Anxiety. How about you? And uh, so we're going to share some things today, and uh, you're going to walk away today with some tools, some weapons that you'll be able to use um, today. We don't have to wait six to eight weeks for handling. We don't even have to wait for prime for a day or two. Uh, you can take this with you and, and uh, use you. Now, we, we compiled, because I'm reworking this series I did a few years ago, um, we compiled a, a book uh, called Anti-Anxiety, and uh, that's available for you at guest services. We're selling it at cost. I think cost is like $112, something like that. No, no. no. It's way, 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 way less than that. And um, you can uh, get those at guest services while they last, and so you want to get those. Well, let's go right into the Word today in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. The Apostle Paul he said, when we arrived in Macedonia, Macedonia is just a little southwest of Bellevue. <laughs> when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. You ever felt that? We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, go ahead. There we go. But God, 
who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. A couple things here. Um, Paul said, we're tired and there is no rest for us. You ever felt that before? And it's not just like, oh, if I could get a nap. It's just like you're just tired and, and everywhere. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm tired. I've got um, my stepdad, three different hospitals in about four weeks and just handling those things and life issues and the ministry issues. And we've got some families that have gone through some horrible things just recently that we're wanting to pray and be strength and be present for them. So just, just a lot of, lot of those things. And I don't say any of that for anybody. Go, oh, poor pastor. Not that at all. I know where my strength comes from. And, and I know that life is seasons. And God gets us through the seasons. And he gives you everything you need for every day. And he gives you everything you need to get through every season. Can I get an amen on that? But he said, there's just no rest. And he said, we got, we got trouble on every side. I don't think you have that. And he said, we have conflict on the outside. We've got fear on the inside. But here's the good news. But God comforts. God comforts. And God comforts, get this, God comforts from the inside out. Say that, inside out. He comforts from the inside out. So we've got to let him in so he can work from the inside out. And then notice also he said, and he also encouraged and comforted us by the coming of Titus. Sometimes God sends people. God will send people to encourage you. How many of you know also that the devil sends some people to discourage you, you know? And so uh, watch the traffic there, you know, who's coming and going in your life. Well, there's a whole lot, whole lot going on. I think I could sum it up with four syllables. You ready? 2020. <laughs> and you fill out the list. You fill out the list, all the, all the, all the stuff. And then add to that the, the elements of a real volatile and, and divisive election season. And I want to point you back to this past Wednesday night. I did a, a message on first Wednesday called Post-Election Perspective. And I'm prescribing that for every one of you to go back and listen and or watch it. And uh, it's available um, through multiple ways on our website and app and so forth. And I believe it will, it will help you immensely. Um, I, I checked, it's 41 minutes, okay? I get to talk a little bit longer on a, on a first one. It's 41 minutes, and that includes a prayer and greeting at the front and prayer at the back. So what I'm saying is while you're driving around, you can be listening to it. And uh, getting perspective, because perspective is everything. And getting that light as we look at, you know, what's going on um, in the election. And what, whether you're pleased or you are dismayed with the outcomes of that. Remember, um, John Quincy Adams, our sixth president. Anybody vote for him? <laughs> he said this, duty is ours, results are God's. Duty is ours, results are God. So you just do your part and you trust God with all of the rest of that. I do, um, and I shared this on Wednesday night, um, no matter what, because of the authority of Scripture in my life, and if you're a believer, the authority of Scripture in your life, here's what you do. You honor, you pray, you walk in love, okay? Now, if anyone is feeling angst and uncertainty, um, usually it has, regarding election and so forth, usually it has to do with questions of source. Who is your source? And, and can I help you to back up from this? The government is not your source. And see, for months and months and months, it's like, 
everything depends on the government. Every depend, everything depends on who's who and, and all that. And, and listen to me, the government is not your source. And if you're a believer, God is your source. He knows everything no one else does. There's nothing that he cannot do. Do you all hear me? There's nothing he, that, that he cannot do. And, and realize this, the government cannot fix everything. Nor can the government ruin everything. And especially when God is source of your life. Can I get an amen out of three of you? Okay, good deal. And then remember this too. Just think historically, think biblically, think experientially in, in, your, in your own life as well. Some of the most dramatic things that God does, has ever done, has been in the midst of not when you've got everything all squared up the way you like it. It's when things are uncomfortable, things are uncertain, things are challenging. That's when God splits the Red Sea. That's when God causes water to come out of, out of a rock. So whatever your situation, whatever your take, you just listen to me. Put God as source and watch what God will do. Amen. Well, that segues perfectly into, into this. Listen, life is really, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. We have watched it and watched it and watched it, decades of ministry, um, that the same thing can happen to two different individuals or two different people, uh, two different families, and the outcomes are entirely different. So it is, it is not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Everything, hear me, everything is crisis and process. Crisis and process. You've already had crisis and process today. You probably had some little crisis and a little process, and invariably you have things uh, always in some cycle of your life, uh, in your week, you're going to have bigger crisis, and it requires bigger process. You are here, right? Can you hear me? Okay, okay, good. Just want to make sure. Um, this morning, I, I, well, I answered prayer, first of all. I get up at 4 on, on Sunday morning, and I prayed, and I said, Lord, please let me sleep all the way until my alarm goes off. <laughs> and it happened. And my alarm is set to, and don't check this out right now, but it's set to, my alarm is called Ripple. And so it just kind of comes in on you, and then you gently wake up. And I woke up peaceful and, and centered and feeling good and had a good morning of prayer and study and so forth. And then I'm getting ready to, to leave and I go out and it's pleasantly cool and it's still dark. And I've got my briefcase and my jacket over my arm and some other things. And, and I get out to my car and I drop my keys and they go under my car. So what's that called? Crisis. But I didn't just go, oh, the devil, he just and they just lay down in the driveway and cry, cry till somebody finds you. But see, you laugh, but that's the way we do sometimes with, and, and, and while I'm on this, don't ever say, do not ever say, if one more thing happens to me, because I'm going to promise you the enemy of your soul go, just one more thing, find something <laughs> to throw you off. Are you, are y'all hearing me? And so it's crisis and it's process. Y'all need to learn that. It's crisis and it's process. it's process. And what we're talking about is how you process. Let me, let me put it in some other words for you here. Here's what life is. 
Life is what we can control, and life is how we respond to what we cannot control, okay? So let's read these together. Life is what we, what we can control, and it's also how we respond to what we cannot control. This, these rather, will determine your levels of peace or anxiety. Seriously. How many of you would rather be peaceful than anxious? An epidemic, I mean, it's horrible in our culture right now, is, is anxiety. And I'm not just talking about this week. I'm just, I'm talking about years. It's just building and building. Um, current generations have, have been called the anxiety generations. And, and we, we've got to, we've got to, we can do better than this. We can overcome this. And so what we can control matters. So this is, this is so many things in your life that you can control. And some people just don't control them. They don't take care of things. You will end up in problems if you never change your oil, never floss your teeth, never say thank you to people. How many of you know eventually you're going to have some problems off of that? Those are all things that you could control. You're late all the time. You know, you don't pay your bills. You, you, you don't take care of yourself. You eat junk, all those things. Those are things that you can, you can control. Y'all aren't even looking at me now, but it's okay. I know you hear me. What you can control. And then second, and this is huge as well, how we respond to what we cannot control. So it's, this is where we're going to zone in today. And like I said, I want to give you two tools, two weapons that you'll be able to use um, to help you. Even, even when you leave here today, it's going to help you as we deal with anxiety. So as I said, kind of the epidemic problem, the, the real pandemic for us is what we call anxiety. Anxiety. Go ahead and say it. Don't be afraid of it. Anxiety. And anxiety tries to piggyback in with other things. I don't care what it is. Anxiety tries to be the gift with purchase. Okay? I'm getting married. And then right away you just get anxious. What if he's not the one? You want your wedding venue and what's it going to cost? And, all the, uh, and my bridemaids, if I don't ask her, she's going to be mad at her. And those two don't get along. And you, know, and, and you get all this convoluted mess. Are you all hearing me? I don't care what it is. Anxiety is going to try to piggyback and try to come in and be a part of that. And so we must deal with anxiety. Guess what? Everyone deals with anxiety. Everyone does. Look at me. I deal with anxiety. But look at me but I deal with it. So here's the principle. Either you deal with anxiety or it will deal with you. I want to say it again. Make sure you got it. Either you deal with anxiety or it will deal with you. And we're going to share some things that will help us with this. Um, Only about one in 13 studies show actually have a disorder. And if you have any kind of disorder with this, don't, don't be ashamed of that. Go get help. Get some help. We can even help you to point uh, towards some help to help you with those. But everybody deals with certain levels and varieties, different levels, different severity of um, anxiety. Here's, here's a few uh, just categorically. Specific phobias, everything from animals to elevators. Everything from spiders to needles, to clowns. 
Oh, got you there. <laughs> Clowns, a couple of years startled. Um, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, OCD, and there's a long list of how that manifests. PTSD, agoraphobia, which is the fear of fear. You're afraid to go out because something might, might would happen there. So as I said, all kinds of levels and severity of anxiety and fear. And, and the whole goal is to stop you, is to limit you, it's to hinder you, to hobble you, to hold you, hold you back in, in some way. Most of you here today probably do not have a disorder, but I'm going to get real personal with you and, and abrupt with you, but a lot of you have bad, bad habits. You have bad life patterns and bad ways of processing that keep you just prone to anxiety. And uh, we want to undo some of those things. I don't say that to hurt you. I say that to help you. And um, we've got a lot of things that we've learned that we have to unlearn. A lot of things that the culture has taught us that we've got to unlearn and uh, get God's way because we truly can, we truly are able to deal with anxiety so it doesn't deal with us. Amen? So all that being said, welcome to group counseling. Glad you're here. Guess what? Do you know what we do every week? Group counseling. And uh, now that you know that that's what this is, please make sure you come back, okay? All right. Um, anxiety, let me give you a little bit of definition, a little bit of some of the things that contribute to it, and then we're going to get to what do we do with this. Um, anxiety is kind of an um, umbrella term, okay? Um, mild to extreme. It's worry, it's fear, it's nervousness, including depression, anxiety. All of these can be kind of present together. Anxiety is what keeps you up at night, what kind of, you wake up in the night, talks to you a little bit. Do y'all know what I'm talking about at all? I mean, you go to bed and it's on your mind. You know, you you step away from everybody to go to the restroom, wash your hands or whatever, and it's, it's there. You wake up in the middle of the night at 2.08, and it's there. What if you had a weird neighbor that was always there like that? <laughs> what if you went in the restroom and they're, hey, do you want to talk about that now? No. <laughs> you lay down, and they're right there. You want to talk? No. <laughs> you wake up at 2.08. I've been watching you sleep. You look restless. Do you want to talk? What would you do with a neighbor like that, you know? Any of y'all have that neighbor? But what you've got to do, we have to deal with it. That is no way to live. So it keeps you up at night. It siphons away your energy, your joy, your creativity. It consumes your focus, your life. It limits and isolates you. It drains you. It distracts. It's running in the background seemingly always. And here's the real deal, y'all. Ready? This so fights against every goal. And the highest goal, which is for you to be more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so you can be a blessing and bring glory to God. Well, guess what? This, this totally crashes into your happy department and really crashes into your stable department. And if you're not genuinely happy, I'm talking about God happy. I'm not like, oh, I got ice cream and, and my favorite show's on. Not that happy. But real, the real happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Okay? That settledness. It, it, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, 
I'm blessed in that way, that happy, stable. If you don't get those two going, you're never going to be fruitful, never going to be really blessed, and won't even have any clue on how to be a blessing to others. It shuts everything down. That's why we must go after anxiety in our lives. First, understand that in its pure and original sense, this was a God-given thing. See, God has set you and I up the way we're wired. And I'll use this word later, holistic. So think of yourself holistically. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And you have a brain, and you have a nervous system, and you have chemicals that God has, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made, you're incredible. I don't know if anybody told you yet today, but you are incredible. (sighs) You're incredible. Yeah, you are. And God, and God made you that way, and he, he has given you a natural monitoring alert system. And you're wired this way with your senses, with your brain, with your nervous system, all of those things, and it's designed to help you. It's designed to help you. It's designed to keep you safe. It's to help you to sort things out. It's to help you to prioritize so you know what needs your attention or doesn't need your attention. And what's a real deal and what's just the wind or just a brush fire is to help you to do that. But there are certain factors and certain things that can accumulate and there are certain life patterns that can impact you and it throws that system out of kilter. So instead of now keeping you safe, keeping you orderly, keeping you aware what's on my radar, what's around me, what do I really need to take care of right now or that can wait, and this is a real threat, and that's not one at all. You know, all of those things, when we add in these other factors, they can throw us out of kilter, and now we have anxiety. And the anxiety hurts us. It's detrimental. It's not helpful for us. So originally, let me back up, you have a system to help you just kind of sort and go through life. But when we get these other things going, it throws us out of whack there. Imagine if you had a home security system that was that way. And every little move, every little bump, every little sound, it's alerting and going off. You'd have sirens screaming all the the time. You'd have police at your house all the time. It would just be a mess. We've lived in our house 22 years. And uh, when we first moved in, there was a security system, and we've upgraded it now. Now we have a moat and a bridge that lets down and (laughs) crocodiles and cannons I'm teasing. But um, early on, though, um, I remember early we had, uh, it had a glass break feature to it, and it was set too high. And we had a little dog, a little Pomeranian that had that, you know, I mean, I won't even go to all the dog stories, but it, it could set it off. It could set it off. And, you know, you put a glass down too hard, it could set it off. And we're having to reset that. So here's the thing. It was messed up, so we had to call a man and get it fixed. And that's some of y'all. Some of y'all are messed up and need to call the man and get it fixed, okay? And, and that's really what we're talking about. So we've got to make these adjustments so that that system actually works for us. So let's look at some of the contributors real quick. We live too disconnected. Too disconnected. Only the devil could invent something called social media 
and call it social. Because it actually separates out and people end up hurt or um, they have an illusion of what real life and real relationships are. Here are some other contributors. You carry too much debt. You're too disorganized, too cluttered. Unresolved issues, unresolved conflicts. Here's a contributor to anxiety, others. Others. Uh, Remember the three C's? Don't compete, don't compare, don't complain. And sometimes we're, we're too worried about it. Well, how come they get to, uh, what, look what they have. We get so worried about everybody else. And typically, if you're that person, you are also in your third grade class, you were the tattletale. I'm telling, you know, that, that was you. You're just so worried about others. And we got to let others go. We got enough issues with ourselves. Amen. Amen. Unequipped to process events, lack of clarity, lack of margin, Family, anxiety can come from family relationships, also from negative, toxic people. Mobility, it's also called uprooting. Our culture, more than any previous culture, we change jobs, we change homes, we change schools, we change spouses, we change churches, and you're made to be rooted. God has designed you to be rooted. Let me just speak about church for a moment. The Lord says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall thrive. They'll flourish. Your whole design is that you get planted in those things. And again, you do have seasons of life, but the goal is to be planted. Also, improper grieving, inadequate grieving, rush sickness, rush sickness. We trying to cram 30 into 24. We live too fast. Do you know you're actually designed to travel at the pace of a camel? And yet we're jet setters. Cultural shifts, political shifts, negative self-talk. Some of you talk to yourself so bad. You wouldn't let anybody else talk to you that way. But you look in the mirror and you just berate yourself. You do something uh, dumb, fumble something, whatever else, and you berate yourself. You wouldn't let anybody else talk to you that way. Cut it out. Wrong beliefs, unrealistic expectations. Cumulative stress outcomes, just everything piling in. Difficult life circumstances. Sin. Sin brings depression. Guilt and shame make you paranoid. The righteous are bold as a lion. But those who are, have, have shame, they, they run out of shadow. Fallout depresses you. The fallout of sin. Chemical issues, and not just within your brain, but chemicals you add to yourself. Some people have a peace pipe. And your peace pipe will make you paranoid. It will. And then we have a spiritual enemy. Ultimately, we live beyond our design, beyond what God has designed us. It'd be like a Prius or a smart car pulling some big heavy trailer with, with a bridge on it across country and up a hill. You know, eventually it's going to overheat. It just does not have what it takes. You're not designed to carry what you carry, and it sets you up for anxiety and breakdown. You still here? Am I boring you? Don't tell me if I was. So let me break this down. What you are anxious about when you get anxious and worried, only 10% of that is circumstantial. Only 10% of that is is a real life event. The next 45% are what are called factors. 
So this might be your temperament. This might be your family of origin. Um, There are a number of other factors that how you handle that. But third, the last 45%, that is 100%, right? 10, 45, and 45. Um, The last 45% is what is called mindset. And this is how you process. And remember, life is crisis and, and process. So this is how you process what happens to you. It's how you respond to what you cannot control. And this has to do, you ready, with how you think and how you believe and how you speak and how you decide. So obviously we can see this very related to the soul. Now, when you feel anxious, how many of you have ever felt anxious before? Come on, come on, come on, this is for you. When you feel that anxiety, a lot of that is chemical. So much of everything that happens in you is chemical. Again, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there are certain things that trigger different neurotransmitters. You know, you have adrenaline and cortisol and epinephrine and different chemicals that get, get released for different things. Um, sometimes, have you ever had something happen and suddenly you, have, you can feel enzymes in your stomach? I mean, just all, all of a sudden. I mean, you, you almost hit a mailbox or a squirrel and, and, and suddenly, y'all with that? Or suddenly the principal walks into your second grade classroom and says, where's Timmy G? You know, and it just kind of gets you right, right there. But see, we have all these other things that get released um, because of how we start to process things. And it triggers chemicals, and the chemicals surge. This might be more information than you want right now, but it, it ignites your sympathetic nervous system. And so with these chemicals and systems firing, going off, you ready for this? And now it signals to your body, we must do something. So you have this chemical surge because something has triggered you now, and that's happening, and so you've got all of that going on. We must do something. We've got to do something. And so here's the three categories, typically, fight, flight, or freeze, And we end up sometimes we don't know what to do or, here's a big one, there's nothing that you can do or thirdly, you opt to do nothing. And what happens to you is you have these powerful chemicals that have been released into your body, into your nervous system, and now they don't get to complete their work and it wreaks havoc on your body. And you, it, can, it can do all kinds of things to affect your health, your concentration, your breathing, your heart rate. All kinds of things happen. You break into a sweat. And I'm telling you what, if that keeps happening, keeps happening, it breaks down your health. So we must deal with anxiety. Can I get an amen? amen. So, you ready? There is help. There is hope. But we must be, and I mentioned this word earlier, holistic. So there is help, there is hope, and we must be holistic. We must in this have, include and cooperate with what I call the divine. There must be a biblical spiritual aspect of this. There have been numerous studies where they would do two groups, and one would have a biblical spiritual dimension to how they handled things, and the other one would not. And, the, and the, the results are drastically different and in the favor of those who use a biblical spiritual dimension of this and have God involved in this. 
But some people are, have this idea that it's just Jesus alone. It's all I need is Jesus. And yet they don't rest and they don't forgive and they haven't resolved things and they're not eating right. And, and you see what I'm saying? It has to be holistic. It has to be holistic how we handle this. And remember again that you are a spirit. You have a soul you live in a body. And so this anxiety, you're processing it in your soul, where you think, where you feel, where you, where you uh, decide, where you remember. All of that's going in the soul, but because of the chemical part of this, it's impacting our body and our soul. Guess what? That's two-thirds. That's two-thirds of us, and that can really uh, cause some damage and delay in our life. So let me share a couple of scriptures with you real quick, and then we'll get to those two tools. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Notice, fear is not from God. Now, there's some fear that is from God. Fear of lions. That's to protect you. Y'all with me? Fear of heights within reason. Don't get close to the edge. You know, fear of running in the, uh, in the traffic, you know, those things protect you. But these other fears, it's not of God. And he has a three-pronged uh, remedy for this, his power, his love, and a sound mind. Look with me, one other verse, Isaiah 50, uh, 53, verse 5, in the Amplified Bible. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being was for us was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole and that's the verse on redemption tells us how he paid for everything every aspect of you but notice the chastisement needful to obtain your peace was upon him jesus paid a dear price hear me church he paid a dear price so that you could have peace Peace is available to you. As a matter of fact, he is the prince of peace. You need peace? I know a guy, okay? Jesus is the prince of peace. That word peace is the Old Testament Hebrew word shalom. And, and the essence of it is this. It's a sense. Everybody say a sense. It's a sense that there's nothing missing and nothing broken. The reality is there's some things missing. There's some things broken. But in the midst of that, you can have peace. The New Testament says a peace that passes understanding guards your heart and guards your mind. Y'all with me? And so this peace, shalom peace, is a sense that there's nothing missing and there's nothing broken when in fact there are some things missing and there are some things broken, but I can still be at peace. Thank God for that. That is otherworldly. He gives that to us. This is kind of like your car is a mess. It's broken. But you're at, you're at the dealership. And you realize you're, un, you're under warranty. And they have a master mechanic. And they've got all the parts in stock. It's going to take about an hour. Wait in our nice waiting room. And they've got a cool vending machine. <laughs> Guess what? you got stuff missing. you got stuff broken. But hey, we're on our way. This will work out, and such are some of you. Broken, missing, but you know what? You're under warranty. You're under warranty. He is a master mechanic. All the parts are in stock. This won't take that long. Hang out. He's got you covered. 
And that should give you this sense of, but this and that, and what about, and what? You know what? When you get over there, you're going to mess yourself up. And you need to have that shalom peace, and God gives us that peace. Amen. Amen. Real quick, let me share with you the, the two tools or weapons uh, that are going to help you. They'll help you right now. They'll help you today, I promise. First is this, give it over to God. Come on, read that with me. Give it over. Give what over to God? What are you worrying about? What are you anxious about? You've got to give it over to God. Come on, one more time. Give it over to God. God. Realize that he's right there with you. He is aware. He's as close, as the old song says, he's as close as the mention of his name. You can whisper his name. You can just call out to him. You can invite him. You can turn to him. Realize, and we've taught this for years, he's everywhere present at the same time, but he's not everywhere present in the same way. He's with everybody and everything, but when you invite him, when you're calling out to him, when you need him, he is with you in a different way. And what you do when you give it over to God, you say, God, I don't know what to do with this, but you do. I can't handle this, but you can. I, I'm not strong on I'm not strong enough for this, but you are. And I give this to you. I roll this over onto you. And listen to me, this is important too. The way you're set up, don't just think that. You need to say that. You need to engage the speech centers of your brain. Something happens the way faith works as well. You need to say it out loud. So go climb a mountain, take a bath, go for a long drive. Hide your head in the middle of all your clothes in your closet. Do something, but you've got to lift your voice and say, God, I can't handle this. I don't know what to do with this, but you can and you do. And so I give this over to you. I trust you. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to feel it. But you've got to speak it out. You've got to speak it out. Secondly is this, get in this moment. Come on, read it with me. Get in this moment, this moment, this moment right here. It's called mindfulness. It's also called grounding. You have to focus on the present, the right now, this breath. Where am I? What do I see? What do I smell? What is the temperature? What do I feel under my feet? You have to ground yourself and physically, mentally, in every way, get yourself into this moment. Put away sensory and information overload. Put your stinking phone down and away. Get your hands free. Get yourself in this moment and stop. Hear this. Stop trying to be a time traveler. And by that I mean this. Depression is worry about the past. Anxiety is worry about the future. I can't do anything about either. And yet we're constantly in one or the other. No wonder we're anxious and depressed. And so we have to get into this moment. Get right here. Because I don't want to be depressed and I don't want to be anxious. So I get in this moment. I give it over to God. I get in this moment. I'm right now. I'm in my yard. I'm throwing a ball to my dog. And the breeze is blowing and dinner is cooking. And just get yourself there and say, oh, and this, and what if, and then, and you're not even there. You're not where you're supposed to be, and no wonder it throws everything out of whack. So here, let me simplify it. Get your head, get your heart, get your feet in the same place. 
And when you give it over to God, and when you get in this moment, when you get you and God on the same page, in the same moment, in the same place, you'll be okay. You'll be all right. Did y'all get anything at all out of this? I pray so.